The publicity team assigned to look after Marilyn Monroe sat in a stuffy office with members of the Ministry of Civil Aviation and officials from London Airport. It was the 12th of July, 1956, and the men were there to discuss security procedures for Marilyn's much-anticipated debut trip to the United Kingdom. The publicity team were concerned, with good cause, that the star's arrival should not turn into a high-risk circus. She would be there in two days, and the publicists were desperate to put procedures in place that would prevent their star client from being crushed in the throng. Instead of support, however, they were met with laughter and a vow by airport officials to treat the arrival just like any other. We don't think there will be screaming fans, and we don't go in for this publicity ballyhoo, sniffed one official. This is London Airport, not Idlewild, New York. It was clear that there would be no movement on the matter, and so the American publicity men said their goodbyes and left the unimpressed Brits to their work. Afterwards, a member of Marilyn's team was approached by a reporter, and the publicist shared his concerns. Possibly they don't care if Marilyn is crushed by the crowd, he shrugged, before going on to express his somewhat dramatic belief that the destiny of US and UK relations might depend on how the arrival was dealt with. The jaded reporter listened to the complaint, and then skulked off to phone in the conversation to his editor. Less than 24 hours later, Marilyn Monroe and her new husband, playwright Arthur Miller, arrived at Idlewild Airport, New York, in order to take their 4pm flight to England. Dressed in an ivory jersey dress and holding an oversized handbag, Marilyn sent word that she would not meet the press until any television microphones had been dismantled. This revelation caused chaos among reporters, with some claiming that they were being blackmailed into packing up their equipment. By this time, it was 3.40pm, and since the plane was due to leave in 20 minutes, Marilyn had no option but finally to appear in the passenger lounge. She was immediately surrounded by dozens of reporters, each of whom had their own questions to ask. What do you want to do in England? Asked one pressman. I want to meet Dame Edith Sitwell, Marilyn replied. Why won't you say anything for TV? Asked another. I've got nothing to say, Marilyn shrugged. Yet another reporter begged the actress to give Miller a kiss. She smiled coyly, while her new husband leant down to meet her height. Come on, honey, he said. You can do that. The actress gave her husband a peck, and the press went wild, causing the couple to be penned in more than they were before. Even though they had been instructed to pack up, the television reporters still mingled with the print journalists, which caused one side to turn on the other. Scuffles broke out when the TV reporters continued to press Marilyn on her decision not to talk to them. Never have I seen anything like it, grumbled one airline official, who wondered if the plane would take off at all. As the couple tried to fight their way through the kerfuffle, one reporter was sure he heard Miller comment that, 
We both need some privacy and quiet. I hope we find it in Britain. Being married to a girl called Marilyn is like living in a goldfish bowl. Interestingly, the playwright vehemently denied the comment once they arrived in London. When the reporters and photographers were satisfied that they had given Marilyn a fitting send-off, the actress made her way to a private lounge to get herself together, and then the couple's luggage was checked in. 27 pieces weighing 861 pounds, 597 of which were excess. Reporters took joy in reporting that the added weight resulted in the equivalent of 426 pounds in charges more than the cost of the couple's air tickets combined.